Good morning. Good morning. Am I on? I'm on. Good. It's good to be back. It's good to see a lot of uh, familiar faces. Not all of you I personally know, so feel very free to... If my wife, if you would stand up just for a second. If you don't know us, please come and find us. Let us know who you are. Um, we love to get to know all of you that, that are new here today. Um, I want to thank Pastor Glenn. I want to thank Pastor Mona. It's uh, really fit for me to thank, to thank them every opportunity I have. Uh, somebody said once to me, uh, you can never repay a teacher for what they do for you because they already know what they taught you. And that is what they did for me and my wife. They, they taught us how to walk with Jesus. It's that simple. And I want to thank you for that, but I also want to thank you for an opportunity to, to give back and to give to this body as we visit. Uh, it's a great privilege, and I'm very excited. I was asked to speak to you on the topic of anxiety. And since this is such a growing and such an important part of the day and age that we live in, I would just want to take a brief moment um, with you to pray before we get into the Word. If you have your Bibles, um, you can turn. We're going to kind of be in a lot of scriptures, but I would like for you... What is the best one? That's tough. Well, you'll have to hop along. Let's pray. Father, Lord and Holy Spirit, Almighty God, Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord. For you are the King of all kings, and you are the Lord of all lords, God. And to you belong all the power, all the authority, all of the glory, Lord. Lord Jesus, you have accomplished every single thing that ever could ever be done, Lord Jesus, to bring back into relationship every person that has walked away, Lord God, doing their own will, Lord God, doing things that are so other than you, doing sins, Lord God. You have chosen, Lord, to send your Son. You have chosen to love us, Lord God. You chose to give us your most prized possession, Lord. Lord Jesus, and you came into our world, Lord. You have seen our pain, you have lived, Lord God, in our seasons, Lord. You have seen absolutely everything, Lord God, that humanity goes through, Lord. And at this time, Lord Jesus, in the last days that we live in, Lord God, there is a fear going around and an anxiety going around, even in the people of God, Lord, that is truly keeping your people from moving forward, Lord, in peace. From making choices, Lord God, just simply based on their convictions and your word, Lord. And we pray, Lord God, that this morning, Lord, every stronghold, everything the enemy has accomplished, everything the enemy has hidden away in our lives, Lord God, I pray that you shine light on it, Lord God, that it may be exposed, Lord God, that nothing of the power of the enemy, Lord, may keep darkness safe, Lord God, this morning, Lord. Lord, we ask you, God, that, Lord, as you speak in such a mysterious way, Lord God, to our hearts, Lord, but so personal, Lord, I ask you, God, at every single heart, Lord Jesus, that this word that you've given is for, Lord. I pray, God, that you speak to the exact area of their life, Lord God, that you are calling them, Lord, from. Lord, I know that you are calling people this morning, Lord. 
I know, God, how urgent this call is into our lives, especially considering our time and the rapid incline, Lord God, of the power of fear sweeping around all around us, Lord. Lord, I pray that none of the people that need to hear this, Lord, will feel left uncalled, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you breach through walls, Lord God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you remove distractions. I pray, Holy Spirit, that the word may become so simple and so clear into the people's mind, Lord God, that they may understand with their mind how to respond to you, Lord. That there may be a choice this morning, Lord God, a surrender this morning, Lord, that will truly start a whole new journey, Lord. Lord, we love you this morning. We bless you, Lord, and we pray that all of this service, Lord, may be a joy to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jesus has done an incredible thing, amen? Amen. He's good. This morning, we're going to talk about overcoming anxiety. Overcoming anxiety. I want to start with you in Romans chapter 5. As you go there, I will uh, see if I'm going to take you to... Are we going to have it on the screen? Or am I going to ask people to flip? Yes? No? <laughs> uh, Romans 5. Romans 5, verse 1 and verse 2. If you have your Bibles with you, I'd like for you to find 1 John, so that's not the gospel. It's all the way in the back right before Revelation. The book of 1 John, chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, and you can keep that open on your lap. We're going to start in Romans 5, verse 1 and verse 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and through Him we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope, in the hope of the glory of God. Listen, Jesus has done something so miraculous. Those of you that, that know me know from how deep the Lord has, has taken me, how, how sinful. That's the only thing I was good at was sin. And when I found out that Jesus came for sinners, I qualified. Amen? And, and, and when that gospel ha had become so simple, when the Holy Spirit started to show that uh, really it is finished and really Jesus has come and He came for people like you, He came for people that can't keep a law, that cannot do anything good enough, um, it, it completely changed my life. And for those that have heard that gospel of faith and repentance towards Jesus Christ and have believed that, that Jesus came, that He lived, that He died and that He rose again just because we're not good enough in ourselves. For those people that have believed that these scriptures are true, I'm just going to read it to you again. Romans 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace 
in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, there's a lot in these two verses, but it is an incredible thing because it is, it is a description pretty much of the whole new life that we receive in Christ. First, the word tells us that we stand justified in faith. So we legally stand forgiven before the Lord. When He looks at us, He doesn't look at us like there's still something that needs to be fixed up. He doesn't look at us like there's still something that needs to be straightened out. He looks at us. And he looks at us with the same love in his eyes as for his own son. He sees us justified, set straight before God, forgiven, restored. And I'd be the last person to claim that there's not stuff that he's still straightening out in my life. But because of what Christ has done, I stand before him justified. Legally, the issue has been dealt with. Legally, I stand before God, forgiven and beautiful. And then in verse 2, it says that we stand in this grace. So first, we have been forgiven because we trusted this Lord and we surrendered to Him whatever we could and however we understand how to do it. And right, wrong, or indifferent from our heart, we said, Lord, you can have my life. We probably didn't realize what that meant in some areas, but still, we surrendered to Him. And He came into our life. He started to reveal the forgiveness that He had purchased for us. And then the Word tells us that now He has placed us. We stand in this grace. And grace, the simplest way I can explain that word, is undeserved gifts. So He says, I establish you in a place where you constantly receive undeserved gifts. So you're not deserving them. You're not necessarily doing everything right yet. You're not having everything straightened out yet, but I forgave you, and then I placed you, you're standing, you're established now in a place where not because of you, but because of my character, you're constantly getting undeserved gifts. And from that place, the Word tells us, from that place we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. In other words, we're looking forward to the time where we're finally with Jesus, where we are finally with Him in His glory, where we are finally home with Him, it is an incredible thing that Jesus has done all of this for people that really, out of themselves, never really wanted Him. Amen? And the secure position that He gives us is for what? It is for looking forward to the hope of glory. Right? Now, we're going to talk about overcoming anxiety today. You will start catching on soon enough. But this is what he did, okay? He brought us into a new place, right? He, by, by forgiveness, by justification, he brought us into a new place. Then number two, he planted us in grace, a place where we can fill and grow at the same time in a protected atmosphere. And then all of that so that we in peace could look forward to the glory of God that is coming. Well, we may have our part in the body, while we may have our part in ministry, while we may serve one another in this body, bearing one another's burdens. That is like the perfect painted picture of what the new life should look like, what, like what, what Jesus has bought. And then another incredible scripture, Romans 8, just a few chapters later, verse 37. 
the word explains to us all of these things that get thrown at you in life. All of, all of kinds of tribulations, all kinds of difficulty, all kinds of trouble. And then this very famous verse, verse 37 in chapter 8. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Or we are more than overcomers through him who loved us. And this is incredible, and it is true, and it is definitely spiritually tr true. But it is also very practically true. However, with my wife and I traveling, sharing the work that we do in the church, there are so many people, and there is absolutely no doubt in my heart, they have a love for the Lord. They have at some point in their life truly surrendered to the Lord. But somehow, some way, they find themselves, yes, I'm quoting these scriptures, I know these verses about being more than a conqueror. I know these verses about, about that we just read. In the, I'm rooted in the peace. I'm rooted in grace. But the reality is a fear is creeping into my life. Something is going on. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be a certain sin that somebody brings up or something you see or something you watch. And you haven't even done anything yet. But a fear grips your heart. Because a fear has been planted trying to convince you that really here you're not new. Really here, you're not going to be an overcomer. And there's so many people we meet, and, and, and the, the, the incline of this, in, this incredible increase of the spirit of fear and anxiety among this world, but also the people of God. It is absolutely incredible. Just in the last five years, for me, it felt like it went from zero to 100 miles an hour. Just, just in five years. You hear it everywhere. We hear it everywhere. And this is a very real challenge, a very real problem, a very real thing that I really believe the Lord is going to deal with in a way this morning that is, that is maybe a little different. But I've gone through an incredible time of bondage to anxiety. It wasn't just a struggle, it was, it was bondage. And it took about two years before I came out of that. And if you've never been there, it is very hard to explain what it is really like. But if you've been there this morning, or if you are there this morning, you know exactly that you can be, you can be finding yourself every day quoting scriptures, reminding yourself, trying to set your feet on that grace that you believe is there. And yet, your feelings, your emotions, your experience, it's not following. And even if there's a temporary relief, it always circles back. And it's never a finished work. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said it is finished. So we got some to deal with here this morning. Too many people that are constantly praying for the deliverance, but there is not really deliverance coming. It's not really like there's anything improving. As a matter of fact, the spirit of fear that always starts off in that place before it ever becomes bondage to anxiety, the spirit of fear always tries to convince you it'll get better. It will get better one day. If you try this, if you try that, it will get better one day. The reality is the Word of God says that in the last days, man's hearts will be failing themselves for fear. The Word says that a cup of trembling will be poured out on the nations. It's not going to get better. If anything, we live in a day and age today where we cannot get away with a casual Christianity anymore. 
there comes a point in time, and I believe that we are really seeing that today happening as we live very, very quickly, where really you cannot get by with a half-hearted relationship with the Lord. You cannot get by with half-hearted faith or half-hearted following. This is why. Back in the day, at some point, I'm sure you could get by with that. Just come to church. Just do what is right. Just read the word when you can. Pray when you can. And when, especially when you fall on your face, you get back to those things. But we live in a day and age that has been foretold a spirit of fear will absolutely tear apart humanity. And we deal with an issue here that no generation before us had, has dealt with in the same way. And it is, I'm telling you, it is not going to get better. You need to come to the solution of this problem so that you become the banner of hope in this world that people can run to that are being abused by a spirit of fear. Because it is abuse. And it is torture. If you've ever been there even halfway, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But we live in a day and age where we will have to make a very wholehearted choice. God is calling you this morning. The Lord Jesus Christ is calling you this morning. Because He has come for you and He has bought all of these things for you. These scriptures that we read, and we will read more of them, they are true. They are true. And once you have been set free, I call these scriptures freedom maintenance scriptures. Scriptures, They maintain your freedom when there's an attack, when there's a struggle. You come back to the Word of God. You come back to prayer and you send off a spirit of fear. You cast off lies in the mind. But if you have not been set free yet or you have been taken captive because a rude lie or anything got into your heart that the enemy sought to plant there and you end up not struggling but in bondage, it's a whole different ballgame. I'm going to give you this. This is very practical. This is how you can know right now here today if you are struggling with fear or anxiety or whether you're in bondage. If you're struggling with fear, it is a hopping fear. It's like a bunny. If you struggle with fear, it's a hopping fear. It hops from person to person, issue to issue, uh, challenge to challenge. It is looking for a way into your heart. And every time you get a little or a big attack like that, you come back to the Word, you come back to prayer, you realign your thoughts, you, 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 tell, uh, you tell off a spirit of fear, you tell him in the name of Jesus to go somewhere else. All of these things, they work perfectly fine. Then you're and you're still struggling with fear, and that is absolutely fine. If you are dealing with a bondage to fear or to anxiety, it has started to focus on one particular area of your life, one particular person in your life, or one particular issue in your life or around you. And it has found a way into your heart. It can be a place of hurt. It can be a very unexpected place. It was the last place that I thought I would ever deal with. It was something so ridiculous. You're going to laugh a little bit in a few minutes. But it was, it, was, it was paralyzing. But that is how you can determine, am I do, should I be doing freedom maintenance under this attack? Should I be doing freedom maintenance under what I'm going through today? Or is there something else going on and should I respond a little bit different? That's going to become very, very clear to you today. Let's go to Psalm 131. I'm going to read to you verse 1 and 2. Psalm 131. Verse 1, 
and verse 2. Song of David. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great or too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. When you have occasional fear attacks, when you have occasional anxiety, when you have occasional um, struggle with these things, when you have the fear bunny, okay? When the fair bunny is hopping, when things are going on, this really works. What, what David is really saying is, Lord, there are things in my life I cannot control. There are things in my life that I don't have authority over. Lord, I choose to not worry over these things. Lord, I bring these things before you. I don't occupy myself with it. By doing this, I have calmed and quieted my soul. And I have come to the place where my food is and where my warmth is. I came to you like a baby is in need of its mother. And in that place, you just, you call me, you feed me. That is the place where I belong. That is an incredible and a very important attitude to maintain your freedom. And this works incredibly well for those that either have never fallen prey to bondage to fear or bondage to anxiety. Which, praise God, if you never have, keep doing this freedom maintenance. Constantly, very important, remember the scripture, stand in the scripture, believe the Lord and trust your ways to him and maintain that freedom. But if you at any time in your life or even today have fallen into bondage to fear and bondage to anxiety, this does not work. You get temporary relief, you get temporary peace. But before you know it, you find yourself in a circle. Before you know it, you find yourself claiming the scriptures time and time again. Before you know it, you are on your face time and time again. And year after year, you're praying about the same thing. This applies for any struggle. We're talking about anxiety today. But this applies for any struggle. You find yourself in this vicious circle where it is never a finished work. And when Christ has gotten his hands on it, you can trust me on this one. It's going to be a finished work. Now, I want to encourage you with this. Whether you are in bondage of fear or to fear or not, this is a journey. And so if you are in bondage to fear or anxiety, if that is what you recognize this morning, or you are even considering that you might, that doesn't mean you are a bad believer. That doesn't mean you have no love in your heart towards the Lord. That doesn't mean that you have some kind of dirty secret sin that, that needs to be dealt with and, and nobody can know about it. That doesn't mean that you are a bad believer. Even if you are doing all things right with the kind of fear and anxiety that is poured on us today, there is a journey to the freedom that Jesus bought for you. So when you are in the middle of that, I want to encourage you, you may be doing the exact right thing. And I think also that will become very clear today. If you are to, in bondage, then these scriptures and just doing these things, you don't have the strength to do them. You don't have the ability to do them. Because you are trying to maintain a freedom that you haven't arrived in yet. And so the temporary relief is incredible. The temporary relief is awesome. But Jesus is seeking for something much more more for his people there's that big difference between struggling with fear and anxiety 
or actually today, I'm walking in it. And it becomes a daily thing. And it becomes something that starts to influence my choices. A spirit of fear, anxiety, just alike. You're going to like this. It always tells you what to do or what not to do. But you are not called to obey any other spirit but the spirit of the living God that has your life in mind, your restoration in mind, and your freedom in mind. Amen? A spirit of fear is always seeking to give you enough reason to obey that spirit, to hold back in what you know God is calling you to do, to go forward when you know God is asking you to wait. It is always trying to lead you. But the Holy Spirit is trying to lead you to a completely different place and different understanding this morning. The temporary relief is not all that Christ has for you. The circle constantly coming back is not where you're going to end. We're going to go to 1 John uh, chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse 14 and verse 15. Verse 14 of 1 John chapter 5. And this, this is the confidence that we have towards Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. I'm just going to read that to you again. And this is the confidence that we have towards Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked from Him. Now, I want to read to you. Don't go there. I just want to read to you this from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. You know, you don't have to care about all these things because the Word tells us He cares for you. You don't have to do that. And we read the exact will of the Lord for your life in this area of anxiety. The Word says, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Say, this is the will of the Lord for my life. You're not convincing me. (laughs) This is the will of the Lord for my life. Amen? I'll give you another one. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and verse 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Now, if you struggle with anxiety, if you are in the bondage to anxiety or fear, this is your heaven, this is your dream, this is where you would love to be. You would love to be able to just... Just choose to not be anxious about everything. I'd love to just pray about it and leave it there and put it on the Lord and move on and receive that peace both on my mind and on my heart. I can't, this is probably the scripture that I have quoted the most in my prayer life, in my whole journey with the Lord, and I never really understood what I had to do. Are we preaching works here this morning? Oof. Here we go. Listen. I'm going to read it to you one more time. Verse 14 and 15 of 1 John chapter 5. And this is the confidence that we have towards Him. 
that if we ask anything according to his will, say his will, he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, that, that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Listen, when you asked for deliverance from fear, the Lord heard you. When you asked from the, for deliverance from anxiety, the Lord heard you because you were praying exactly according to his will. And the gospel to you this morning is, if you have asked him anything according to his will, the gospel tells us because of what Jesus has done, we can know that we have this request. This is the gospel to you, but this is the gospel that brings you to the deliverer. This is the gospel that brings you to the feet of Jesus. But as soon as you arrive by the deliverer, this is what he says to the ones that are potential followers. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The very first disciples he called. This is what he said in Matthew 4:19. He said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Listen, they were the furthest away from being fishers of men that they could ever be. The Lord was talking about fishers of men for the kingdom, bringing them into freedom, bringing them to Christ. But Jesus was calling them. Some were sitting under a tree just doing nothing with their life. Others were in the family business. Others were doing things that were just focused on money. They were the modern day IRS agent. There were so many different areas of life, of darkness, that Jesus came and he didn't go to them in some kind of impressive prophetic way. And he says, you, you are going to be a fisher of men. He didn't say that. And he said, if you believe this word, it will come to pass. No, he said, follow me and I will do all of the work. Follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Follow me and I will change your life around. Follow me and I will equip you for a new purpose that I will give you. Follow me and I have something in mind for you that you could have never imagined you would ever do with your life. Would you follow me and I will do the change. I will do the setting free. I will do the deliverance and I will give you a purpose, not just freedom alone. That is what he called us to do. So when we come to him through this incredible gospel of what Christ has done, that now when we come to him in a need, now that we come to him asking him according to his will, Lord, set me free from this fear. Lord, set me free from this anxiety. We come to the deliverer and the deliverer says, I want to take you on the way to deliverance. Would you follow me? Because there are certain things, and you need to hear me on this, there are certain things Jesus does not do in people that do not follow him. Because you have been legally set free. This is a legal transaction that Christ has accomplished for his people. And legally, when somebody says, now this, this bridegroom, the Lord likens his relationship to the church as a bridegroom and a bride. And what happens between the two before they get into that relationship? There's a proposal, right? So when this gospel was proposed to you, the question is, can I be your only provider? For the rest of your life. Can I be your only defender for the rest of your life? Would you be content with my provision? Would you be content with my last name, so to speak? Would you be content with having me 
as the one that makes the way for you, having me as the one that leads this life, would you join in my calling? Would you join in my purpose? That is the question that comes when a proposal is made. And when this proposal was made and somebody said yes, didn't do anything, they said yes to following. They said yes to the words. They said yes to the character. They said yes to a person, not just to an altar. Oh, how many times I dreamed and hoped that I would be delivered at the altar from my bondage to anxiety. How I wanted to be delivered at the altar from things that just kept me in bondage. And Jesus all along said, you came to me. You came to deliverance. You came to the deliverer in that prayer, in the way that you surrender yourself. But I was saying right there, would you follow me and I will take you on a journey and I will make you a whole new man. I will do everything that needs to be done and you will arrive in a purpose well equipped and changed in a way that you could never imagine. Would you follow me to only get up at the altar and hope that I hit something in prayer that was deep enough this time to bring about the change and not understand how practical the Lord was asking to just just come along. Just let me lead. Just surrender the control. Just surrender the decisions. He said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The deliverer calls to us this morning. And he is calling us for a very specific reason. Because if there's one thing that we see through this entire word, I can give you so many examples that we're going to celebrate Christmas here together. But we're not going to do that. There's so many examples in this word of people falling into fear. Falling into a bondage to fear. King Jehoshaphat is the prime example. And the Lord doesn't send him a prophet with a word. The Lord doesn't deliver him in prayer. He comes to the Lord in prayer. And then the Lord takes him on a journey to set him free. To bring him to the place of deliverance from this incredible bondage. And from that time on, we can do freedom maintenance. But the Lord doesn't want you to do freedom maintenance for the rest of your life on an area where you're not free. You're trying hard. You're doing the right thing. You're not the bad guy in the room. But the Lord has so much more in store for you. And I'm telling you with the day and age that we live in. We cannot bypass this part of following the Lord. It becomes very practical. It becomes very needed. And he's calling you because it's been long enough. Long enough have people been abused by this spirit. Long enough have people been abused by a misunderstanding that keeps them in that bondage to anxiety that just does not give you the freedom to make just this, to make choices the way you would like to. Whether these are choices of following Jesus, choices of the way you treat your relationships around you, you want to open up and have deep relationship and you just can't. And you would like to. Jesus says long enough. Long enough. He's calling you into himself, but he's calling you to make up your mind. Because he's asking, would you follow me and I will do everything? Would you follow me in the way you do work, where you do it, when you do it? Would you surrender that area of life to me? Can I tell, am I allowed to tell you when I want you to switch jobs? Am I allowed to tell you what I want you to do with your lifetime? Would you surrender to me? Would you follow me and I will make you a whole new creation. I will make you into a fisher of men. 
I'll give you purpose like you couldn't imagine. And I'll give you the empowerment to walk that out. You won't have to do that by yourself. Would you come to me and would you follow me in the way you do relationships? Am I allowed to tell you when to get in and when to get out? Am I allowed to tell you how far you are to open up your heart? Am I allowed to ask from you that it is okay for people to hurt you because I, the healer, will come live right in your heart so that you can love and love and never need anything back. You can love in a way that will heal people. Will you follow me in the way you do relationships? Will you follow me in the way that you submit to the leadership that I put over you? If the Lord is calling you to be a part of this church, then He is not calling you to be an authority of your own spiritual leadership. And I'm not sorry. Because you're in very good hands. Not perfect hands, but hands that have paid the price to be here for you. If the Lord is asking you to follow Him, let Him lead. Surrender unto Him. And lastly, would you follow Jesus to do His plan for His church? So many people today, they want to do their plan for Jesus' church. They want to come, they want to be a part, they would even like to share. But when it comes down to truly being a body of Christ and staying back a little longer and getting to know people and, and being vulnerable and binding together in love and carrying one another's burdens. No, Lord, that's, I'm just not that kind of person, Lord. I'll do my own plan for your church. Would you follow me? And do my plan for my church. Would you let me lead? Would you let me lead you to wherever is fit for you? Because he has heard your prayer. You need to remember this. God is not harsh. Jesus is not like, oh, I'm an authority. So I'm going to tell you what to do, when to do, how to do it. And it, I may even make it hard on you just because I can. And you have to follow because I'm the only one that has freedom. Jesus is not harsh with you. But you have asked for a freedom that you are desperately in need of. You have asked for a deliverance that you are desperately in need of. And all this time when it doesn't make any sense, Lord, you're asking me to submit to someone. Lord, they don't even know. Lord, they're not even treating me right. When it doesn't make sense, you need to remember the gospel. Whatever you asked according to his will, he is seeking to bring that to pass. But you can cancel the answer to that prayer by just stopping to follow Jesus. So many people are believers in Christ. And as soon as he asks them, listen, unless you pick up your cross and follow me, you cannot follow me. They say, well, I'd rather stay a believer then. I don't want to be a follower. I want it to be spiritual. I want to be delivered at the altar. But if it touches my practical, Lord, I don't know about that. Lord, that costs quite a bit. But He is so willing to deliver you and He's seeking to answer your prayer. And there are reasons, very simple reasons, why some of you have not arrived at the place of deliverance, both spiritually and practically. And so he asks us to make up our mind to either follow him and become a new creation with him doing all of the work, not just bring us only into peace, but him doing all of the work so that we can say, yes, I really do stand on grace. There's no reason for the Lord to give me everything he gives me, but he does. And I stand in that grace and I have the peace 
to constantly just look forward to what is ahead, the glory that we await. And as I live like that, I don't even know how, but he makes me so fruitful in what he called me to do. And everything just starts to lean on his shoulders and he has brought me into that place. That is what he wants to do as he promises, I will make you into a fisher of men as a body of Christ. I will make you into a new creation. He calls you to follow him. And you don't just do that in church or in your prayer closet. It's a very practical thing. Or to make up our mind and to, stay, to say, I'm, I'm going to make a choice today and I'm going to stay in the place where I'm doing freedom maintenance for a freedom I don't even have. And we're just going to hope the best of it. We're going to hope that one day there will be a difference. You, need to, you see the difference? I want to share something with you of my own journey with anxiety. I want to ask for some background music as we're going to wrap this up. Because there's many times where the Lord whispers something to your heart and it will absolutely make no sense at all. And it is going to look unfair. It is going to sound unfair. Even more so, everybody else in your life that you regard as more spiritual than you, they're going to say, well, that's probably not the Lord. And there's going to be times that you're going to have direction from the Lord and, and faith, guys, faith, you don't testify about your faith, you don't witness about your faith, faith is expressed in actions. And when the Lord has spoken into your heart, now you have the opportunity to, uh, to apply that. Now you have something to put faith into. So because God spoke to me, now I'm doing. Because the Lord called me to follow Him, now I'm going. You know, the disciples had honorable reasons to stay behind and not follow. They said, could, could I go and bury my parents? An honorable guy. And the Lord said, let the dead bury their dead. You need to follow. I'm trying to lead you somewhere. I'm trying to take you to a place. It's not always going to be easy when the Lord speaks. It's not always going to be easy when the word lights up and, and you understand something you never understood before and you realize that this implies some practical changes in my life. It's not always going to be easy. It's going to be very, very hard sometimes. But the Lord has heard your prayer. And He's seeking to answer your prayer. But He's inviting you that you would follow to the place of deliverance. I ended up in, in an incredible bondage to anxiety. I never thought I'd ever have to deal with that. It's about probably three years ago. Maybe a little longer. I was in the process of my green card application for the United States. And in the beginning, that was stressful. That's all it was. And somewhere along the line, it started to become fearful. Every letter I got, every talk I had, every time we did a little step, we never knew how many more there were to take. Every time there was a little step, they, made, they, they know how to do it. They make you feel like you'll never come in. They make you feel like you need to make $100,000 a year. They make you feel like you need to have at least an Academy Award of some kind. They make you feel like you will never be welcome here. Even You might slip through the cracks, but we're constantly watching you. That's the feel that, they, that started to develop in my heart. And I just started to develop border fear. Straight up. And it was terrifying it was horrible it got to such a place and those that know me will understand how 
deep this bondage must have been. It came to such a place that I would find myself daily quoting scripture, daily casting out a spirit of fear. You wouldn't believe how many times a day to a place where my entire left arm would stiffen up. I would feel like I was having a heart attack. I would just lay in bed and I wouldn't want to travel anymore to share the gospel. I was terrified. I was in bondage to anxiety. And knowing what to do right and having a wife that was incredibly supportive and, and very down to earth, she'd just say, what's wrong with you? Get up. <laughs> yeah, I have anxiety and fear. Oh, just, you want some food? She, but she helped me through that time. And I knew what to do right here, but it was the hardest thing just to do the basic things right. And I was still sharing and it was great and I was still traveling, but I didn't want to do it anymore. Because fear had such a grip and anxiety had such a grip, I just couldn't. And the times that we asked in prayer for deliverance, it, I, I have no clue how many times we asked. But we prayed and we labored in prayer. And the Lord started to move, but I didn't realize it because I had blinders on. I had this picture of how God was going to deliver me. He had delivered me from so much coming from the past that I came from. And I had this picture in my mind where I just I had to be in prayer. I had to be fasting. And one day he was just going to reach in and pull it out. And one day I'm going to hit the mark in prayer. One day I'm just going to rehearse these scriptures. And something is going to come together. And one day I'll be free. And that's how I was living. Just living that circle. Trying to get there by doing freedom maintenance. And then the Lord started to speak. And it, have, and it had nothing to do with this. When my wife told me that we were expecting our first little baby, I was, couldn't have been more happy. And the next thing that sets in was, it wasn't fair, it was a concern. We were in the Netherlands at the time, and I went to my prayer closet, and I was going to pray about, Lord, I don't even know what country we have to be in. Lord, how's there going to be provision? We make no money. We just live however you lead us, Lord. And I, I go to my prayer closet, and before my knees hit the floor, the Holy Spirit gave me two commands. He didn't give me an answer. He, gave me, he told me, I do not allow you to worry about money. I do not allow you to worry about where you get to stay. But Lord, that is, that is irresponsible. Lord, how will people look at me? Lord, how can I not even choose to give any mind space to those things that, that make me the man in, in my family? Lord, how could you? And all this time, Jesus was seeking to answer the prayer that I had been putting before him. He brought us to the United States. And as I come to the border, my wife remembers this very, very vividly. I was so terrified. The whole plane right there, I was... I wasn't praying. I was, I was just doing a mantra. I was just rehearsing scripture. I was rehearsing prayers. I was, I was doing everything I knew to do. And the fear didn't go. And we come at the border. And my wife says, we're in line. My wife says, well, maybe we should go there. And I, I said, enough. And she says, no, I really think we should go over there. And so I chose to obey her wisdom. And we went to the other guy and he opens the pack of paper and he says, Oh, your wife applied for you. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I said, Yeah, praise God, right? And he looks at me and he says, Are you a Christian? I said, Yeah, are you a Christian? 
And he says, yes, we are in Washington State, uh, in Washington, D.C. at the time. And he says, yes, I'm a Christian. And before I think, I say, do you know about Times Square Church, which is in New York City? And he jumps up as if I had punched him in the face. And he said, I just moved from New York. Times Square Church was my home church. I'm not going to ask you any questions. Your application is taken care of. And this was an incredible confirmation for us. But my anxiety wasn't gone. <laughs> my fear wasn't gone. And even though I had this confirmation, and even though I knew how to do freedom maintenance, any time traveling would come up, any time we would come to visit here, any time we would pull up at a border, any time somebody brought up traveling, any time that was brought up, I would have just this knot in my gut, and if it would get close, I was willing to fight to just avoid the situation. And here's what the Lord did. We are in Portland, Oregon at the time, all the way on the left side. And the Lord tells us to go to the state of Maine, all the way on the right side. And it didn't make any sense. They couldn't pay us. They had no place to stay for us. There was absolutely no reasonable, explainable reason for why I would move my young family there. But the Lord had given us a word. And so I'm packing the car. It's five days before we start driving. And I'm packing the car. And I, I get an email from a pastor I'd worked with in Nebraska. And he said, Brother Stan, as soon as you read this, you have to call me, even if it is at night. So at that point, I knew this is going to be really good or really bad. And I called him. It was Sunday, he didn't pick up, and he called me back later, and he said, Brother Stan, you'll never believe this. And he said, Val, Brother Val, a man I had ministered to one-on-one ministered -on -one months before that in a conference I had done. He said, Brother Val came storming into the church this morning, and he said, Stan had told me that if I surrendered all of my life to Christ, I would get to know the voice of Christ for myself. And he has spoken to me, and he told me to support him and his family $500 a month for the next year. It was five days before we started driving. Then two days before we started driving, I get a phone call, and it was the local pastor saying, my parents has, have bought a, a great big house. They want to turn it into an assisted living, but they can't get the licensing done right now. Would you and your family move, please move in there and take care of the one old lady that lives there? It was two days before we started driving. So by that time, I'm all excited, and I'm, I'm, I'm still dealing with this border fear. I'm still worried. I'm, I'm still in that bondage. But even when it didn't make sense, every time, however hard, however tough it was, I would, we would always talk, and we would choose to follow. Even though we were asking for freedom, and we were thinking of how God was going to deliver. You know what happened? When I arrived in Maine, we ended up living in a border town. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up living in a border town. The pastor lives on the Canadian side. We live on the American side. I would have to cross multiple times a week. The man from the church that we live with is a retired border patrol officer. And this is what the Lord did. The Lord showed me this fear is a dog. It is on my chain. And it will never, ever touch you. But he had to lead me to the place 
of deliverance. And He wants to lead you to the place of deliverance for your anxiety and for your fear. And there is a bondage to anxiety and fear that will not be resolved any other way but coming to Jesus by faith in the gospel and then saying, Lord, I will follow you when it doesn't make sense. I will follow you when it is hard. I will follow you when it is difficult because I believe that when I ask, you answer my prayers. When I ask according to your will, I believe that you come. I believe that you move. I believe that you will give me the request that I asked for. So when I don't understand, I will still follow. When I don't agree with my leadership, I will still follow. When I don't understand why I have to give this or the other thing or a country up, I will still follow because I believe who you are. And I will follow you as we stand together. I want to read to you once again 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have towards Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked from Him. We're talking about overcoming anxiety this morning. And there are people in this room that recognize the bondage of anxiety that I was talking to. It's not hopping. It's a lingering thing. It's trying to touch the way you make choices. It's trying to touch the way you enjoy stuff. It's trying to touch the way you enjoy relationship. It's trying to alter the way that you live. It is trying to tell you what can and cannot be done in your life. But Christ is calling you this morning, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will give you a new purpose. There will be a whole new life with new strength, new provision, new purpose, and a new freedom that then, with the body, with the word, and in prayer you can maintain. But when you don't have freedom, you have to come and you have to follow Him. First or once and again, if you've never known Him, you say, I don't know what you're talking about when you say the Lord whispers, speaks to your heart. What is that all about? I don't know what, you, what you're talking about when you say a verse can light up off the page and, and just for the first time in your life speak into your heart. If you have never really known that you've been forgiven by the Lord and that you've been brought into the family of God and that you are justified before the Lord, I want to ask you to come to the front and we will pray together. And if the Lord is calling unto you to follow Him, whatever area of life He has brought to your mind, whatever area of life He's calling to, I also want to ask you to come to the front and we will pray together. Hallelujah. If He's spoken to your heart, please meet me here at the front.
and such a finished work, Lord Jesus Christ, that it is sometimes too hard to imagine what that would be like, Lord God. But for every single person in this room, Lord Jesus, that has experienced bondage, Lord God, whether it is to fear and anxiety, Lord, or a different area of life where you have spoken to their heart, Lord Jesus, as we come together, Lord God, before you in prayer, Lord God, mostly, Lord Jesus, we seek, Lord God, to once and again, Lord God, Commit unto following you, Lord God. We surrender the way we do life, Lord God. We surrender the way we do love in our life, Lord God. We surrender the way we do relationships, Lord. We, do, we surrender the way we do our finances, Lord. We surrender the way that we protect ourselves. We surrender the way that we seek to deliver ourselves, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you take away any preconceived idea of the way that you will deliver us from this type of power, from this type of fear and anxiety, Lord. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would come back to you, Lord God, and follow you with all of our heart once and again, Lord God, that we may follow you, Lord Jesus, in the practical as well as in the spiritual, Lord God, but that we would not expect, Lord God, that you deal with everything in the spiritual, Lord God. You meet us, God, on this earth, Lord God. You have come into this world, Lord Jesus. And you have come, Lord God, to bring the practical and the spiritual together, Lord Jesus. Forgive us for the times, Lord Jesus, that we would rather, Lord God, deal with things spiritually, Lord. But we don't want it to touch our practical lives, Lord God. We don't know how to surrender the practical parts. But today, Lord God, we come before you, Lord, for you are calling people, Lord. Lord, you are calling them to believe again that their prayers are heard. You are calling them to believe again that they will have their request, Lord God. That as they stand before those choices, as they stand before their practical life, Lord God, that they may know how to surrender, Lord God, how to follow you, Lord God, and how to arrive in the freedom that you have promised, Lord God, how to arrive at the place of deliverance, God, where we are not just set free temporarily, Lord God, but where we are set free in a way, Lord God, that it is finished, Lord God, that your people, Lord, may be a banner of hope in this generation of fear and anxiety, Lord, that your people may be delivered, Lord God, powerfully, Lord Jesus, in a way that can be seen and felt, Lord God, and testified to, Lord. Lord, we bless your holy name. We thank you, God, that the hand of the gospel is not short, Lord. Thank you, God, that we don't just have deliverance for heaven, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you have bore all of our stripes, Lord God. All of the sickness, Lord God. Everything that was wrong in the body of Christ, Lord Jesus. You are so willing to meet us right there, Lord God. But you are calling us today, Lord God, to follow you, Lord. That you may make us, Lord, into whole new creations. That you may make us into fishers of men, Lord God. That we may know you and see you, Lord. That we may become a testimony, Father. In the midst of the darkness, Lord God. Lord, we ask you, God, to meet every person, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, that we may surrender to you, Lord. And that we may see and behold the deliverance, God. That you are seeking to lead us to, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord.